Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. I'm Art Burns here, and I'm here to be your host. I'm really excited to be here with you today. So today we're going to talk about communication and specifically uh, some of the uh, choices of words that we use. Um, So uh, one of the most important aspects of our work as managers or business owners or entrepreneurs or sales professionals is communication. Right. Um, for for many positions, in fact, communication far outweighs any other aspect of our jobs. Right. So if you look at at the tasks that you're actually responsible for every day, you know, you will probably agree that many people could probably perform those tasks. Right. So what makes you special is both the ideas that you have and the understanding of those ideas, right? Um, But the ideas and understanding are only as effective as our capacity to communicate them. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. So, so in that sense, um, you know, I think we can can agree that communication is among the the top, you know, most important things in our jobs in in any aspect of our jobs. So, um, by bringing this non judging moment to moment awareness of you know to our internal emotions and to our external communications, we can become more effective. And through the emotional intelligence that we cultivate through these practices. Uh, we can become better liked and therefore more respected and more more importantly uh, you know followed and, and sort of you know people will lead, people will follow us as a leader uh, when they feel that you know that this emotional intelligence and uh, and you know the, the evenness and the, the calmness that comes through, through that I hope that makes sense to you so um, you know this is how you can become even more valued to your clients or the organization that you work for okay and that is at the root of of everything that I'm talking about here, right? And uh, and just like everything I've talked about in this podcast, um, this benefit arises from awareness and the control of our attention within that awareness, right? Um, and in communication, it all starts with the words we use, right? Now we can pay attention to to our words and and hold that attention within the the awareness of our emotions and the emotions of others and. And once we can do that, we can use words that support one another and foster a sense of community as opposed to a sense of competition. Okay, uh, so the word communicate comes from the word commune, right, which means to come together. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean to agree. In fact, it doesn't have anything to do with agreement, you know, but what it does mean is to understand that you and the other person or people you're trying to talk with are are sharing this experience, right? It's an energy that's going back and forth between you. Um, And when we can look at it in this way, it becomes easier to be honest and to release the sort of them versus me mentality that often takes over without our noticing it, right? That is outside of our awareness. Now, if you think I'm about to mention non-judging awareness here, you're absolutely right (laughs) because it was almost always judging or criticism that can get in the way of honest communication, right? If you really examine it, you'll find that almost always at the root of any sort of miscommunication that's happening or, or conflict that's happening within communication, the root is, is some, at some level is connected to a judgment or a criticism that you or the other person is making, okay? And, um, and the judging and the criticism almost always arises from a negative emotion. Now, tomorrow, 
I'm going to talk about the negative mental states that give rise to every possible negative emotion. And I'll bet this is going to be eye-opening for you. But but really, you know, it is our expanded uh, awareness, you know, both inward and outward, that allows us to pick up clues and signs that these judgments and criticisms are present, right? And when they are present, it's almost always, uh, it almost always affects our communications unless we train ourselves to overcome them, right? And that's the whole point of emotional intelligence, right, is the the idea that you can see it, and once you can see it, you can communicate it better, and once you can communicate it better, you can use this knowledge and this skill to, to sort of sway the conversations in a way that is that is healthy and beneficial to you, right? So the most obvious and clear signs of the presence of judgment and or criticism uh, is when you find yourself using certain words. So words like should or must or ought to, or, or even, even words like appropriate or require, um, you know, whenever you use these words, you're almost always, you know, surely operating from a a place of judgment, right? Like when you say you should do that, or you should not do that, right? Like, what are you basing that should on? You're basing it on a judgment, right? Um, So if you can relieve yourself of the judgment, then the word should never really comes into play, at least it shouldn't. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, uh, it's not to say that there's never a circumstance in which the these words are appropriate, right? See, I just use the word appropriate in a way that is non-judging. Um, but most of the time, if you examine the motivation to say these words like should or ought or must or, or you know, even appropriate or... Um, or, um, I'm sorry, (laughs) or require, um, you know, when we can examine these, you know, this motivation in non-judging awareness, you will find that the judgment is right there at the root. I mean, this is almost always, okay, Uh, just because that's the the sort of nature of those words, right? So there are many other uh, ways the the things that I've told you about here in mindfulness can help out our, our communication. So beyond just the sort of choice of words, I want to go through a little list for you here of ways in which, uh, you know, mindfulness practices and mindfulness understand or mindful understanding can um, can affect our communications in a very positive way, right? Or, or the lack of them can affect it in a negative way. So, so the first thing is awareness, right? Like we've talked about over and over and over again, how important the, you know, the, the cultivation of awareness is to this work that I talk about here uh, with mindfulness, right? So, so Awareness in a conversation uh, allows you to look at, at, you know, it allows you to look at your own thoughts and dispositions uh, about a given person or circumstance and question how true or fair those thoughts are, right? Again, you know, are you using judgment and criticism that's getting in the way of, of a truly fair uh, estimation of what's happening in this conversation, okay? That comes from your awareness, right? Now, now as we develop empathy, through mindful awareness, uh, we allow ourselves to understand in uh, in nearly every circumstance, right, that the person causing us difficulty in communication is is vulnerable and has feelings that can be hurt just like ours can be hurt. 
Okay, and so that's a, that's a really big important part because a lot of times when we're in the heat of a of a, an argument at work or or anywhere else in our lives, really, you know, we really often forget that fact that that this person who you're talking to is, you know, even though they may have hurt you more than you're hurting them, you know, to to be aware of the fact that they can be hurt is an enormous uh, an enormous part of this, and it's an enormous step in into in coming together in the uh, in the communing. Of of a communication. Okay. Um, now kind intention slash loving kindness, as I've talked about, um, you know, the training in this, uh, in this practice allows us to, to greet, um, you know, any interaction with the, the sort of default position of wishing them well. Okay, now when we can do that, right, like when we can get into that place where we're always kind of in that, you know, default disposition, if you will, um, you know, this comes across in the limbic resonance that I've talked about, right, outside of either person's conscious mind. And and when that happens, um, it, it alters every interaction for the better, even if no other efforts are made. So in other words, even if you, you don't pay attention to anything that I'm saying here, right, about the words you choose about, uh, you know, any of the other stuff that I've talked about here and what I'm going to talk about after this, you know, even if you can just, you know, really instill that mental habit of always, you know, wishing well to the people that you're experiencing, you know, that alone will reframe almost every single interaction you have in a way that's, that's subconscious. Like people won't even realize what's going on, but they will respond differently because it's, you know, on an automatic level. All right. Um, but to move on on my list, uh, compassion, you know, which also comes through this, this, um, practice of mindfulness, right? Like once you develop empathy, empathy then leads to compassion, right? Empathy is the ability to, to feel another person's pain. Compassion is the, is the motivation to help change that person's pain, to, to bring some level of relief, right? And so compassion in a uh, conversation or in a communication of any kind, you know, allows us to understand that regardless of how it may seem, right? Most likely this person is acting in a way that he or she feels is right. And, and all they're trying to do at the end of the day is to somehow relieve some level of suffering that they are feeling, right? And when we can, when we can really grasp that in a communication, again, it just reframes everything. And it, and it just allows us to now, you know, act, you know, communicate on a level that has nothing to do with like a, a me versus you kind of thing. I hope that makes sense. Um, now pausing, you know, we've talked about this a lot, right? Um, you know, just, just pausing, right? <laughs> Again, like this is almost up there with, uh, with the, uh, uh, loving kindness, right? That if, if, you know, just pausing, right? If you do nothing else, but learn to pause in a conversation, okay, it will give you the chance to address the fight or flight impulse during a conversation, right? Because almost every time that you're going to, you know, come back at somebody with, uh, with words that are, that are harmful to a conversation, it's going to be, uh, you know, motivated by a sense of, you know, fear or, or threat. Right. And, and so that's, you know, by pausing, you can realize that, okay, I'm feeling threatened and now I can make a choice to either act out of this feeling of threatened or, or I can reframe myself and, and act in a way that is, you know, more neutral. 
Okay, so again, this is an enormous part of, of what we're talking about, just the sense of pausing so that you can take into account instead of just, you know, so the, ob the, the opposite of, of this would be just to like, you know, fly off the, you know, like shoot from the hip and just say what's in your mind right away. And when we do that, we tend to, you know, act out of the emotions, which are arising from this level of fear or, or fear, feeling of threat. Okay, and, and that is almost always going to drive a conversation away from anything that is constructive or helpful to either party. Okay, it's almost always going to wind up, uh, you know, push the the conversation to a point that that uh, ends in uh, in an impasse or 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 a uh, or a struggle for some sort of dominance. Okay, and um, and that's never good. Okay, not in the, not in the inner office, uh, you know, workings, not in a sales call, not in uh, you know, not as a a business owner with either your employees or your vendors or your investors or whatever, right? I mean, I'm sure that that's pretty clear to everybody. Um, and then finally, you know, the the uh, idea or the the sort of ability to let go, right? Which is which is cultivated through the meditation I explained yesterday, right? Like when we can, you know, realize that our minds have wandered and let it go instead of clinging to like, why is my mind wandering? You know, just that simple practice, day after day after day after. Day day, you know, in a matter of like weeks will, will allow you to, to sort of be better at letting go. It's a practice. So as you practice, you get better at it, right? And if you do the practice right, like I, I explained yesterday, then the, uh, then the efficacy will be very strong and you will, uh, you know, sooner rather than later have a real mastery over this ability to let go. And when you can do that, in a conversation, you can, uh, you know, let go of a, of a particular outcome or an expectation that you have. And, and without expectation, there is never any disappointment. Right. And, and so, so if you can let go of the idea of an expectation of a particular outcome from a, a given conversation, then automatically you, you take away the equation of, of any kind of conflict or disappointment that's going to happen. Okay. I hope that makes sense to you. Um, again, I'm going to give my uh, email address at the end of this. If any of this doesn't make sense, or if you want to ask me any questions or, or, you know, tell me that I'm, I'm wrong about one of these things, then, then please contact me. I would love to hear from you. Um, you know, not, not that we're going to argue about being wrong or anything, but if, if you have an opposing point of view, I would really love to hear it because, uh, because this is all about learning, you know, and I'm, I'm here to learn as much as I am to teach. So, um, so I hope that some people will reach out to me at some point. So, um, but anyway, um, to the point of compassion that I mentioned a moment ago, um, you know, one thing that's very helpful to consider during difficult communications, uh, especially at work, is that very often uh, we are all acting under the influence of our upbringing. Right. And, and therefore, you know, which is, you know, this unless we practice mindfulness, um, you know, we're it kind of becomes beyond our control to a certain extent, at least. Right. And so what I mean by this, and this is something to hold in uh, in our awareness as we're dealing with people who are giving us problems. Right. Um, you know, we, we are so influenced by our parents, and this is on a genetic level, but also even in, in regard to cortisol levels, you know, uh, you know and our, our propensity for stress. Now, I'm going to go into this in another, um, another episode, like next week, that, that's going to talk about how our cortisol levels are, are very much determined by the cortisol levels that our parents were going through while we were in their, you know, while they were pregnant with us, our mother specifically, right? And so, 
so and so that is a very real thing, a chemical thing within our bodies that we really don't have much control over unless we we pay attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally, right? So in other words, it takes an active uh, you know, effort and practice to to break free of that, you know, that influence that that our upbringing had on us. So so to understand that, right? To understand that children of aggressive parents are very likely to be more competitive and aggressive as adults and seek out conflict, right? We can sort of reframe this this experience so that we understand and we can see that it's not this person's fault that they're acting that way. And once we can do that, you know, it it, it can like change everything in a conversation because now you're looking at this person saying something to you and you can then you know understand that that this person's disposition of of conflict and aggression is not something that they're trying to do on purpose it's not something directed at you it's just something that is that is like beyond their control and once you can realize that just like you can do with a little child you know you can have more patience for them and you can have more forgiveness for them and and once you can do those things again it changes the the direction and the trajectory of any conversation you could possibly imagine. All right. Um, now, another point is uh, active listening. So, um, you know, the active listening that I talked about a few weeks ago, I hope you remember, um, you know, this is enormously helpful in reducing the stress of communications, right? Not only does active listening allow for a clear understanding of the issue at hand, but it will also give the person you're talking to, um, you know, this sense of feeling felt, right? That, that they matter to you, right? And not only does this feel great to both of you, okay, because it really does. You, you're really going to enjoy this once you can really uh, get into it, you know. But but not only does it feel great, but it also puts you at, on a sort of you know moral high ground, if you will, um, of integrity, and and it puts you in a position to then demand the same level of integrity and moral high ground or high road, if you will, um, from the other person, right? So in other words, if you're listening actively and you're not interrupting that person and you're and you're really considering everything that this person says to you then then when they start interrupting you you know you can approach that from a point of like you know like look at what I'm doing, you know, maybe you could give me the same kind of, you know, respect as I'm giving you sort of thing. Now, of course, you, you have to word that in the right way. And then we're going to get to that in just a minute here. Um, but but just that that ability to actively listening instead of just, you know, interrupting and instead of, you know, um, you know, trying to, to, to steer the conversation a certain way, you know, uh, not only is it, is it just a better, you know, feeling better and, and all that kind of stuff, but the other person is most likely to notice it because it's so different from everything else that they're used to, to experiencing in a conversation. Because as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, when I talked about active listening, it is very much not intuitive in our society right now, right? Like almost all the times that, that people, uh, listen to other people, they listen, to to express their own side of a of a given topic and not to understand the other person's side of a of a given topic okay so so just by doing that you're going to like sort of throw a wrench into the other person's you know sort of uh the gears of of their mind because it's just so different and and that alone is going to you know sort of again create a, a seismic shift in any conversation that you're having okay and that's what we're looking for right because if you're having difficult conversations then that's a 
pattern and these patterns are, are all habitual, right? And they're all driven by, as we talked about, you know, emotions and feelings, right? And so if we can, you know, if we can make a shift, then all of a sudden you're, you're starting from a completely different perspective and now you have you you have so many other opportunities to make this conversation go in a way that's more effective and more beneficial to both you and the other person and most of all to the business that you're both trying to accomplish right that's really the bottom line here right the bottom line is the bottom line here right and if and if people in an office or or whether you're a, even a teacher or or whatever it is you do for a living if if your communications can be can be better and more you know mutually beneficial official, you know, then, then everything, you know, in the bottom line and the goal of your business is going to be, uh, accomplished a lot, a lot more favorably. All right. Um, so now one other thing I'll tell you here is that, um, as you practice mindfulness, right, you will, you will also come to understand that relationships can heal, right? In the same way that our bodies can, you know, and, and they do this, you know, the same way our, we heal our bodies is we, we shift the energy or approach, you know, and, and in conversations or in relationships, you know, shifting this energy or this approach, even if it's one-sided at first, will have a beneficial and healing um, effect on the, on the relationship. Now, that's important because, you know, a lot of times, you know, and this is where we get into like imp- implicit uh, biases as well. But um, a lot of times, you know, you, you know, if you've had problems with somebody in the past, right, you, you kind of get this, you know, we, we have this tendency to just assume that it is what it is and there's no way we're going to change it. This person is just toxic to me. I'm toxic to them. Our relationship is toxic and we're just never going to get along, right? But, but if, you, if you really get into this practice of mindfulness, you'll realize that that's never really the case. And in fact, you know, in the same way that you can, you know, change the way in which you perceive and interact with the experiences that you have in, in your life, you know, uh, you can apply that same logic to relationships and those can heal and, and change as well. In fact, uh, the Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh um, has a, a quote in one of his books that, um, that if just one person in a given family practices mindfulness, then the rest of the family will become mindful automatically, okay? And this happens in, in a couple of different ways because it's not just the fact that you're setting an example for them, which is, is very important, right? People see like, wow, that person seems calm or I'm feeling stressed wonder what she's doing, <laughs> you know, how can I get some of that, you know, uh, so there's that, but there's also the way in which you, you react to everything, and, and just by changing, and that's what I mean about the energy in a relationship, by, by you changing the way that you react to the things that the other person says, you, you, again, shift the entire framing of the relationship, so now, you know, where the person is expecting you to do A, but you do B, it's like, whoa, where are we now, <laughs> you know, now and and once you're in that place of whoa where are we now now anything becomes possible right because now you're not you know you're no longer operating from the same habitual automatic behaviors and thoughts you know again the thoughts that create the emotions the emotions that create the feelings the feelings that create the thoughts right you you know it's the same kind of thing it is in an interpersonal level right that that once you can break that cycle of automatic behavior and automatic thought it, it just opens up to every possibility 
Okay, and so I hope that all makes sense to you, and I hope that you're you're going to be able to uh, really apply some of this stuff to your workday as soon as like today or tomorrow, depending on what time you're you're listening to this. But um, before I let you go, um, you know, not to take too much time here, but uh, I just want to spend a couple of minutes uh, giving you a few um, a few more you know real actionable tips for communication uh, in and around the office. And and by the way, these tips can also apply to your personal life, your social life, your romantic life, your uh, your mother or father life, you know, of anything like that, okay? So, uh, so the first tip is... Um is about a communication log, right? So if you feel that you're often having disagreements, right, and, and you're, you're feeling like this is sort of a, an overriding theme in your life, that, that difficulty in communication, right, it can be very, very helpful to keep a log of your communications to identify where the disagreements arise from, okay? Now, uh, there's an old saying in management that what is measured is mastered, okay? And so if you can, uh, you know, sort of jot down certain pieces of information about every difficult communication that you have. So, so jot down the, the date and the time, uh, jot down, you know, with whom it was that you disagreed, um, you know, and then, and then sort of, you know, somehow, you know, write down your impressions of the, um, you know, of the mutual motivations or, or the understanding of, of your own emotions, uh, during this thing, right? So, so in other words, like the meat of why this thing went wrong, you know, uh, and, and very importantly though, you know, make sure you pay attention to your own emotions during this. Okay. Because that is going to tell you an enormous amount about why it is that you're acting. Because remember, you know, the, the thought creates the emotion, the emotion creates the feeling and the feeling creates the thought and feelings also motivate action right so so this is it's all about like that linchpin is the emotion so if you can identify your emotions during these difficult conversations along with you know when it happened you know the circumstances you know just sort of get the key key features and aspects and elements of this conversation written down on a piece of paper then you can reflect back after like a week or so and you'll start to see certain patterns arise and once you see those patterns arise then you can say ah you see it's like Every day after lunch, I have these arguments, you know, I got to change what I'm eating for lunch. Obviously, that's a very simple uh, example, but, you know, I hope you get my point, right? Um, but again, that, that goes to say that, that what is measured is mastered. And that's an, a really huge saying that actually a former uh, manager of mine uh, told me that, and that just rung a bell in my head, and I've never forgotten it. And I hope, I hope you do too. Um, so... Um, the second point, the second little tip that I want to give you is the idea of assertiveness. Okay. So, so if you have to actually say no to someone, right, like just, it's, it's just not possible for you to, you know, even if you wanted to kind of thing, you know, but, or even if you, if you don't want to say yes, and, and you're just going to say no, um, you know, you might try sandwiching this no in between two positive statements. So for instance, it, you know, if somebody comes up and says, and says, Hey, could you, you know, send this email out to the client, please, you know, or something. And you say, you know, instead of just saying, no, I don't have time to do that right now, try instead saying something like, well, I'd be happy to help you with that, you know, because I know how important it is. And I can tell that you're under a lot of pressure about it. But I'm afraid I just can't, you know, I, I really hope that it works out for you. Uh, and if circumstances on my end change, I'll let you know. 
All right. Now, obviously, again, that's a very simplified, uh, you know, uh, example might have no bearing on, on your reality and your work, but I'm sure that you could translate somehow, uh, what I'm saying into your reality. Right. And so, so the idea is to, you know, if you're going to give somebody some bad news and this is, again, this is universal. This is way beyond just inter office, you know, communications. This is with kids, with people in any where, you know, any point of your life, right? If you can say, you know, if you have to give something bad, a criticism, a, a, you know, a, 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 just a no answer for something in any kind of uh, circumstance, if you can sandwich that between a positive, then the negative, then the positive, you're going to find that it's almost always going to improve the situation at least incrementally. Okay. And, and listen, increments is what it's all about, you know? Um, and then, so, so to follow that up, um, you know, using I statements instead of you statements is also really, really effective, right? So, so it's, you know, it's, it's far less confrontational or threatening to the other person if you're always using the word I, as opposed to using the word you. Okay. So for instance, saying you're really being unfair to me here, right? It sounds a lot better if you can say, I feel like we could approach this in a way that is more fair to both of us. Right. Like because because by saying that, like put, putting it on you by saying not by by not saying you, but putting it on yourself by saying I, you, you automatically, you know, take that like sort of threatening and aggressive uh, part of it, that energy, you take it out. Right. Like like you're no longer attacking this person for something that they've done. You're just telling them the way that you feel. And who can argue with that? Right. Like, like that kind of takes the gas out of any kind of conflict that might arise from that. Right. Right. Um, so, um, you know, and, and again, that's uh, again, that's a very simple uh, example. And you're going to have to do a little bit of that work to translate that into your uh, sort of, you know, reality and vernacular that you use. Uh, but and, and this is a perfect segue for me to once again, give you that email address, because uh, if you have, you know, if, if you're like, man, Art, I really feel like that makes a lot of sense, but it just doesn't work in my office because of blah, blah, blah. Tell me what that blah, blah, blah is, okay? And maybe I can help you to figure out how we can, you know, put this into the framework of, of what happens in your reality and apply it to that so that you can, can experience some of these, um, some of these benefits. All right. So, so that's what I got for you today, folks. I hope you find it helpful. Uh, again, um, you know, to follow up on what I just said, uh, you know, if you want to reach out to me, it's art at artburnscoaching.com. Even if you just want to say, Hey, um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, or you can go on my website, artburnscoaching.com and you can, uh, you can either, uh, uh, contact us through there, or you can uh, even book a 30-minute uh, telephone conversation that you and I can have. Absolutely no strings attached. There's no charge. It's not a sales call. It's not anything like that. I'm just, you know, I spend, you know, between preparing for these uh, these podcasts and recording these podcasts, I'm spending a couple hours a day doing this. So, so you know, it's worth it for me if it's going to help to to make it more effective for you people who are listening. I would love to spend 30 minutes on the phone to to help you out with that. Okay, so so honestly, call me up or book the call and, and let's let's get together and talk and and you know you'd be surprised 
surprised at how much, you know, can happen in a 30 minute conversation, you know, especially with somebody who knows how to uh, mindfully communicate, <laughs> which I've been practicing for a few years now. Um, so anyway, uh, again, I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to talk about um, the uh, negative mental states from which all negative emotions arise. And, and this is going to be a big one. And I, I hope that everybody uh, joins us because um, it's not as obvious as you might think. Uh, in fact, it, it could be very eye-opening for you. Um, so aside from that, hope you're having a great day. I wish you well. And uh, I'll be back again tomorrow. And I can't wait for that. All right. Have a great day, everybody. I'll talk to you later.